Welcome to August edition of Africa Brief from IFEX, the global network of 100 organizations that promote and defend the right to freedom of expression and information. Africa Brief is our monthly look at some of the key issues impacting Africa's free expression landscape. We're recording this on Thursday, August 12th, so things may have changed by the time you hear us. My name is Nazarene Jaru, IFEX's African Network Engagement Coordinator here in Toronto, Canada, and I'm joined from Harare, Zimbabwe by Rihanna Masters, our Africa Regional Editor. Rihanna, how are things? Still chilly? Not too bad. Not too bad, Naz. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. It's rather, um, well, actually, it's warming up. It's just chilly in the mornings and in the evenings, but we're doing well. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, especially going into August. So hoping for some warmer weather. Um, you know, Rihanna, your latest roundup is now on our website at ifex.org slash Africa Beef. Uh, listeners, that's I-F-E-X dot org slash Africa Brief. As ever, it was a very busy month. I wanted to start with the very troubling statistics released from the recent Women in News report on sexual harassment in Africa media organizations. Rihanna, could you give us a summary of the findings? Uh, well, there's a lot in the findings. So, you know, um, I think it would be a good idea to actually read the report because there's just so much detail, but I can, of course, share highlights. So it was conducted in eight countries in the continent. Uh, okay. It's part of the one if uh, um, women in newsrooms uh, uh, initiative. Okay, so it was conducted in eight countries, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Kenya, Malawi, Rwanda, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zambia. Okay. And, you know, I think we should be taking note of the fact that it's a rather in-depth um, survey and it's one of the first that, uh, you know, of that kind in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and the report contains both qualitative and quantitative information. And, okay. uh, you know, this is a huge topic on this continent, as you very well know. Nazareth. Yes. Um, do you remember there was the Six for Grades BBC Africa IRA report by Kiki Modi? She even won an award for it mm-hmm. because it was such a big issue. And I know that it's been discussed on many levels uh, across the continent and definitely in my country, Zimbabwe. Um, And there's been a lot of issue around it. I think the biggest thing that, you know, um, the biggest issue or the most critical issue has been how many, you know, young women go into tertiary institutions, Mm. uh, you know, to follow um, journalism. But, you know, the numbers do not reflect in terms of people who then actually stay in the media sector. So, and kind of shows why. Um, and what was worrying are the personal anecdotes, you know, where mm. women were saying that, look, the challenge with reporting harassment in the newsroom as a woman is that the entire chain of command are men. And there's really mm. no clear structures on how to go about making such a complaint. Or I lost interest in the media inter- industry because anytime I did not show interest to my editor, it was always a rough day for me. My stay there was hell. And you find many of these stories being um, repeated. 
Um, you know, when, when somebody's saying this challenge is big, women, especially girls in our newsroom, have been treated like a commodity. And I think that's true. Uh, you know, when they, and they say, look, no sex, no good position. You won't mm. get recognized unless you belong to some managers. And that's it, you know, the objectification and the, you know, commodification of women within the newsroom. Uh, but as I've mentioned, I think we should also, you know, at some point there should be a study looking at tertiary institution. Yes. Where it's, it's rife as well, as, especially uh, with lecturers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, and the fact that one in every two women has been sexually harassed, some physically and others verbally. I think these are very worrying statistics and the fact that there is no mechanism, um, not that there's no mechanism, but in most media mm. outlets, the mechanism, the implementation mechanism is not working. There's, a, there's an issue around reporting. Um, and even when they report it, yeah. most of the perpetrators are either, you know, um, warned, just being warned. Uh, there's very little emotional support for the victim. Uh, some of the cases are dismissed after review. And the antidote seems to be, okay, let's provide training for, uh, for staff on sexual harassment. No concrete action is taken. And I think that's where the problem lies. Indeed, uh, Rihanna, I think you really highlight and I th the report itself, right, about the policies that are required to create a safe working environment for women. And what I also really appreciated about um, the report is that it does have some uh, sexual harassment toolkit resources that I think are not only important for women in media, but women generally. You were also talking about the need to hold people accountable. In your regional spotlight released earlier this week, you assessed the digital platform for safety of journalists in Africa. This platform was specifically created to provide journalists and media outlets with the support needed to survive the growing wave of intimidation, harassment, and assault. Listeners, you can check out Rihanna's spotlight at ifex.org. And Rihanna, could you tell us a little bit about the platform? Yes, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, when you're writing about uh, about events, uh, doing a roundup, you don't sort of go into detail about particular issues. And for me, I think what was concerning as we came up towards World Press Freedom Day uh, on May um, 3 was the fact that there had been, you know, a rising kind of tide of, of violations against journalists. And, you know, to date, seven journalists have been killed on the continent. Um, mm. You know, there are violations being recorded on a weekly basis, you know. And so the launch of the um, African, you know, the digital platform for the safety of journalists in Africa was an event that, you know, really impacted on, on many people. And yeah. It was almost seen as, you know, a lifeline. Um, and so I think, you know, the fact that they offer um, information on the violations and there's such an impressive array of uh, partners involved 
it would be good to see them move beyond just being an aggregator of information. Mm. And especially, you know, they have the ability to set new trends. Um, you know, research like this should definitely be placed on the platform. I think, you know, the fact that this is, uh, that there are tools being offered um, is something that should be promoted through this mm -hmm. platform. Yes. And the fact that they are so close to the Africa Commission uh, through UNESCO uh, Liaison Office, which is based in Addis Ababa. So, you know, it was mostly to, to reflect on how strategic and effective this new digital platform has the potential to be. Okay, that's great. And, you know, let's, uh, you know, next turn to uh, Nigeria, just even still within that issue of, of, of impunity and, and, um, and journalists, we see that the Nigerian government is under fire from the economic community of West African states, uh, also known as ECOWAS. Uh, their community court has ordered the Nigerian government to pay journalist Agaba Jalingo about $73,000 in damages. Rihanna, why is this important, you know, particularly when it comes to Nigeria's entrenched culture of impunity? <laughs> well, well, Nazreen, I, I think it's, it's an entrenched culture of impunity that's, you know, across the continent. Uh, but in recent, you know, in the last year or so, we've been seeing more and more of an abuse of power by those who hold powerful positions. Um, and especially in Nigeria, because, you know, they are the federal states, you have governors of federal states, and they tend to, and it's something that we wrote about uh, at IFIX, I've written it about it in one of my roundups, the fact that more and more governors were abusing their power and having mm. journalists arrested. And this was, you know, one of those cases that was really out in the limelight. Egbert Jalingo was uh, um, arrested in August, uh, you know, following a report he had published in July on um, his Cross River Watch platform, Facebook platform, uh, where he was questioning. Um, you know, where funds had been spent by a particular governor. He was then arrested. He spent 174 days in detention and 34 of those days without being charged or taken to court and chained to a deep freezer. Okay. And during this time, he was, you know, assaulted and, and all of that. Oh, so no. I think this case really, you know, and take, and he, the fact that he, you know, was strong enough to take it up to the regional court, especially mm. when there was an abuse of power in Nigeria itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, there are so many discrepancies in this case. Uh, Jalingo actually sought the reassignment of his case to another judge because he was saying that, you know, um, the judge at the time was, um, you know, bent on prosecuting him um, and an audio was released where the judge was heard saying that, look, uh, Jalingo's life is in my hands and that he, he was going to treat him like Ken Sarawiwa by handing him a death sentence. Um, the fact that this audio was released meant that he had to recuse himself. Um, sadly, though, Agba Jalingo and other human rights defenders still face charges of treason. Yeah. And it's because they demanded government accountability. Hmm. 
Wow, thank you so much, Rihanna, um, for just giving us that overview. And of course, listeners, again, go into the ifex.org just to, just to understand a bit of that. And that's where that platform is also plays a really huge role um, as well in sort of going against this culture of impunity on the continent. Uh, Rihanna, we're just, you know, coming into our last segment. Uh, finally, uh, you know, we've got Zambia Decides 2021. Um, you know, they headed, Zambians headed to the polls today. What's the climate like, Rihanna? Um, there are already reports at WhatsApp and many other internet services have been disrupted. Um, although earlier you could see the amount of people um, voting, which was great, but I guess, you know, they, I'm sure there's more to that than just having people vote. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nazreen, we've been, I think you and I have been discussing that for some time that, you know, uh, a lot happens pre-election. So there's been quite a lot of violence and there's been the, you know, policy framework, which is an is more of a hindrance than it is, you know, a benefit. And, you know, the army was even called in by the president. Um, this is probably one of the most tightly and hotly contested elections that mm. uh, Zambia's current president, uh, Edgar Lungo, faces. His main opposition is Haikande Hichelema, who's better known as uh, HH. And he's a businessman. He Basically, I think he stands on the fact that, you know, he's been very critical of, you know, the economic management of the current government. You're right, though. I mean, I think you've seen the pictures and, you know, I've seen the pictures and confirmations yeah. that there's been a huge turnout, you mm. know. Um, and sadly, I mean, we're definitely going to report more about it in our next roundup. Yes. But right now we are seeing disruption of platforms and WhatsApp is one of them. So far, they're saying it's confined to Lusaka. We're not yet sure. You know, there's still news coming out as, yes. as you know, we go on. Yes. And, and just a quick uh, comment, the Media Institute of Southern Africa also has a delegation on the ground in Zambia. So please be sure to follow their Twitter feed at Misa Regional and their website at uh, misa.org. Thanks, Rihanna. That's all the time we've got. Uh, for this month. If you've enjoyed our discussion, please share it widely. And don't forget, you can now find us on ispeak.africa, a collective space for advocacy and media freedom, hosted by our friends at Namibia Media Trust and Media Institute of Southern Africa. You can now also find us on your favorite audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can also now send us feedback at africabrief at ifex.org. You can also find Rihanna's latest brief on our website at ifex.org slash Africa Brief. There's some very interesting updates from South Africa, Ethiopia, Ghana, and the Gambia's historic moment. They just passed their first access to information bill and more. Please do check it out. Thanks to our producers, Aaron Partap and Paco Lape. And thanks to you for listening. See you again next month.